The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Honey German. My parents are Dominican. I was born and raised in New York City. I love sneakers, and I'm a body-positive advocate. I'm Carolina Bermudez. Soy Nicaragüense, but I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm a wife, a mama, and a worker bee. This, this is, is Life in Spanglish. Spanglish. Honey, I know you're not a big football person, but we've got to discuss what Tom Brady said a couple of weeks ago that has not left. It lives rent-free in my head because I feel like it is such an argument to have. Carolina, before you tell me exactly what he says, the Latina me was like, you said football. I'm like, does she mean soccer? Does she mean football? What the hell she means? Football? <laughs> yes! Nah. <laughs> That's where I knew. I Yo, was like, no, nah, honey's not ahead. with it. But tell I need me to up. discuss this with you because I want to hear your opinion. So Tom Brady, okay, of New England Patriots, you know, he plays for the Buccaneers now. He's got a clothing line. He's married to, I would say, in my humble opinion, to one of the most beautiful women in the world, okay? Giselle? Yes. You don't think she's pretty? I think she's so beautiful. She's gorgeous. Nah, she is gorgeous, but I just want to make sure I got the right model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that's that's her. Um, so they have three children together. One from his previous relationship with Bridget Moynihan. So, um, but they but they co-parent. So, um, and then they have two children together. So he and Giselle have their two kids, and then he has his other child from his previous relationship. So Tom Brady was doing a episode of a podcast where he revealed the hardest part of parenting. And he said the hardest part of him being a parent right now in 2022 is raising his kids to be grounded despite them being wealthy. Now, I want to discuss this because I feel like we both came from different backgrounds and I want to hear what your perspective is. But let me just let me just give you the details of what Tom Brady. So Tom Brady is basically one of the richest men, I would say, like probably one of the richest men in the world. And he will be actually after he goes and does this broadcasting contract. I mean, the guy is just making hundreds of millions of dollars. So he said, my kids will have an issue being grounded. We have people that clean for us, people that make our food. We have people that drive us to the airport. 
That's my kid's reality, which is a hard part to say, guys, this is not the way reality really is. And he said that he's had a really hard time explaining this to his children because his own childhood was so different. He grew up middle class in California. His dad worked his ass off. His mom worked every day. So a lot of people took this one soundbite that Tom Brady made and they were like, oh, poor little rich guy. You're worried about raising your kids with too much money. I wish I had those problems. When you have people out here working two, three jobs, can't even fill the gas tank right now, inflation, all X, Y, Z, all of these other things, I would love to hear your perspective on whether or not you think Tom Brady has a point on this. I think, you know, everything I feel like we take little sound bits and we take it all out of context. I think maybe parenting is hella easy for him, Carolina. He got the nannies, he got the cook, he got the housekeeper. The only thing he can't really really teach his kids is how to struggle how to be in the hood how to starve how to you know how to get up and get that money he's maybe that's the only thing he can't do for those kids he could do everything else in the world except show them maybe what the streets are really like maybe that's what he meant maybe it wasn't just boo-hoo i'm so rich and you know i'm struggling here because we know he's not struggling right right but i feel like growing up as the youngest of six kids, there was there was not a hand-me-down that was not given to me. I even wore boy hand-me-downs, mm. okay? So... <laughs> Girl, here's this. I even bought used clothes. Like, my mom would take us to, like, I guess, secondhand. We go and shopping. Right. So, trust me, I understand a struggle. But we were not by any means raised uh, poor or struggling. My father is a doctor, he, you know, obviously worked his tail off to give us our education, private schools. We had a big house. But what people didn't see was the debt of raising six kids. So I feel like I kind of got not the best of both worlds, but the worst of both worlds. Because on the exterior, people thought we had money. But on the interior, we were really, I would watch my mom put all of our bills out on the table. And my mom did a really, really good job of trying to you know, the saying, rob Peter to pay Paul. You know, if um, if my sister was going to college and she needed books, then she would say, okay, well then I'm not going to buy this for this one this, this month because Jenny needs books. Or, you know, one time I needed a new cheerleading outfit and my brother was applying to medical schools. And my mom said, you know, what are we going to do? And my brother I remember them having the conversation, said to my mom, get her the new cheerleading outfit. We can figure it out. I'll look at the schools. And, you know, so it was a very eye-opening experience for me. And that's where I really feel like humility comes from. It's from seeing your parents or your brothers and sisters in different life situations. And I think that's what Tom Brady is speaking to, that you can have all the money in the world, but you still have problems or or you can still have that issue where you don't want to raise entitled kids yeah it's like that privilege you know there's also an impact that wealth does have on kids you know obviously it's not like a problem like let's say what we had let's say in my home if we didn't get our food stamps we didn't eat so yeah that would seem like a much bigger problem but it's not his reality so i don't feel like we have we can be you know mad at him for just telling us what he's struggling with. Yeah, it seems kind of like, oh my God, poor you, you're so mm-hmm. rich and your kids are so wealthy that you're struggling with this when some of us, you know, ate government cheese for breakfast. So I understand, you know, both sides 
of the spectrum, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like people came down so hard on him when he was really just speaking his truth. And I do understand what he means by trying to ground your kids. I remember seeing it. Yeah, like trying to explain to your kids, like, you know, look, we're on Long Island, okay? And we're we're in a nice neighborhood. But I do remind my own children, this, this, what we're living is not real life. What we are experiencing is not the way that most people live their lives in America or in other countries. And so I really, really want my kids to have that perspective to where they don't take things for granted. Or, you know, if they want a pair of Jordans, which thank God my kids aren't there yet, man, because I think that's going to be the hard part. When they want those things, trying to figure out ways for them to earn it or to not look and say, oh, well, my mom or dad gets me anything I want. Because there are those kids out there that I, oh, one, of yeah, my, sure. one of my son's eight-year-old friends has a better iPhone than I do. And I said, and he was, he was clowning me for it. He goes, Jax has an iPhone 13 Pro Max. I said, well, then he's doing better than I am, friend, because I got an <laughs> iPhone 10 and I'm, I'm riding this sucker out as mm. long as I can. But you know, Caroline, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, these kids can be privileged. They can be wealthy. And I'm talking about not Tom Brady. I'm talking about regular kids on Long Island, on Staten Island, in Brooklyn, even in Manhattan, living in these brownstones. There are still ways that, you know, parents can, you know, make them see what reality is like. If you have a housekeeper, don't let her touch that kid's room. That kid's room is his responsibility. You know, Mm-mm. assign kids chores. I love my sister, but my niece never had chores ever. And she's 21 now. So you Mm. can assign your kids chores, even giving them money, make them earn the money. There's different ways that even if you're doing very well, which a lot of people are for themselves, you don't have to ruin your kids and then send them out to society so that we have to deal with them. Well, no, you're so right. And actually, um, the housekeeper in this house is me. You're looking at her. It's right here. Yep. (laughs) And um, I always say to my kids, Y ese plato, mm-hmm. ese plato se quedó en la mesa. Maybe having plates in the room. No, no. On, on when we're at oh, the dinner the table. table, I'll say, um, that's it. that plate is not going to lift itself. Go on, pick up your plate, pick up your napkin and your cup. If you got to make two trips, do what you need to do. But I am not your maid. When they wake up in the morning, part of their chore is doing their bed. I say you don't come down for breakfast until your bed is made. Now, do they do a great job? They're six and eight years old. It's not perfection. It's not the four seasons, you know, how they make the bed. But it's the action of making them do that so that when they do have the opportunity to have somebody that cleans for them, they will, number one, either appreciate it or they will know how to do it themselves. Because you got a lot of kids out here going to college, going and living with roommates, and it's a disaster. I can only imagine. It's like you don't even know how to make a bed, can't even. Like, I'm sorry. I don't have kids, but. As a parent, how can you put out a kid into the regular world who can't even fix themselves a plate of food at home? Like, I understand we have Uber Eats and everything is takeout and everything is the fast life. But mm-hmm. there's especially when it comes to females, like I, I meet young girls that tell me I don't know how to cook anything. Are you crazy? <gasps> oh, my gosh, honey. I can't believe you're talking about this right now. Okay, wait, go ahead, because I have a story for you, but go Carolina, on. Carolina, let me tell you one thing. When I was young, I used to go summers to Dominican Republic, and if I behaved bad, mm-hmm. I would go a whole year to live with my grandmother. And guess what I had to do? I had to, if we had any type of service person making meals, guess where my ass was? Right next to that stove with no air conditioning, learning how to cook my ass off, Okay. Yep. 
and and ain't nobody was paying me for that. Mm -hmm. Or washing the dishes right next to them. Yeah. Carolina, yo lave ropa a mano. You know I know how to wash clothes by hand. Claro. My mother, my mother would be like, yeah, we had a washing machine, but get what my mother would do. She would get a bucket with clothes and put it and be like, okay, and now you're going to learn how to wash clothes by hand. Like, why, woman? We have a máquina de lavar right there, but she was teaching me for when I went into the outside world, I would be able to, you know, to be self-sufficient. And I don't know if that's happening that much any longer. You got kids over here talking about, I'm going to be a TikToker. TikToker my ass. You better watch that toilet bowl. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 
Well, well, if you don't, then you better make enough money to have somebody do that for you because you know what? It is so funny. We just had this conversation. So there are times where I have to look for help in the morning because, you know, I work from home most of the time, but then I go into the city on some days. And on this one day I asked, and she's a young girl. She was home from college. I needed help. And I was like, honey, I said, I'm so sorry. I said, is there any way that you can just come get my son on the bus for me because I have nobody to help me because my, my husband leaves too early for work. Right. So she volunteered, she comes and she helps me. And, um, that, that next afternoon I called her and I said, how did everything go? And she was like, Oh, it went great. And I said, Oh, I said, thank you so much for coming and helping me in a pinch. I said, because you know, it was last minute. I said, Oh, I go, what did you give Asher for breakfast? And she said, Oh, I gave him a toaster strudel. He asked for eggs, but I didn't know how to make them. Huevos. And I said, what? And she goes, yeah, I don't know how to make eggs. I said, wait a minute, girl. I said, you don't know how to make a scrambled egg? She goes, no. She goes, and I'm so embarrassed. She goes, but I was never taught how to make eggs. I said, so what do you do when you're hungry? She said, Uber Eats. Uber Eats. So you know me, chismosa. I called my mom. I said, mommy, ¿cómo va a creer que esta niña de 20 años no sabe cómo cocinar ni un huevo para este niño? You know, and like, by the way, I will say this. I'm not shitting on her. It was just a reality check for me. She's 20, right? So no sabe cocinar un huevo. She's 20. She's on vacation. Pero sí sabe montarlo. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I was just shocked at like, you know, the, the complacency of, you know, the, these young adults that are coming up in the world. And my mom goes, no, 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 hija. She's like, desde cuando eran niñas. Te enseñé cómo cocinar un arroz. And it's true. I can make you a rice today. I can make you a chicken dish. You know, so these are like the things that we're learning. But, honey, the, the, the other part of this story that I thought was so fascinating is that this has sparked a movement. And a lot of these really wealthy people, so Warren Buffett, Daniel Craig, the actor who was 007, um, and, you know, and, and they've even hinted at some of these other people like Elon Musk, and, not and that's Elon. not confirmed, but <laughs> a lot of these people, they're not leaving their children an inheritance. They are saying, I am not going to allow my kids to live off of my wealth. And so they're looking for ways to distribute this money because they want to make sure that their kids know how to function in the world. But I would be super salty if my dad is Tom Brady and has hundreds of millions of dollars and doesn't leave me anything. That would just be like, what? Girl, I would start stealing from right now if I was seven years old. I'm sorry, I just took a sip of my thing. Because you know they just got hundos. I'm saving they this got, They money. got bands laying around the house. <laughs> it's okay. Girl, like, but, but I understand you want to teach your kid a lesson, but to not leave them an inheritance, I think it's like it should be on a person-by-person -person basis. Like you, you're doing amazing. You did your own thing. You, you're lazy. You're over here tarnishing the family name, doing drugs, locked up in your room all day, you know. You not getting nothing. Mm. I think everyone should be evaluated yeah. individually. Cause yo no quiero pagar por todo el mundo. Me oyeron. Mama in the house when cuando hace una cosa one person, then everybody gets their ass beat. That's not the type of environment I want when my mama is a billionaire. It's true. No, you know what? I do think that's a really great point though. On a case by case basis, you could have a kid who's a hard worker, has their own career, is not even in the field of, you know, entertainment or football or finance or whatever, you know? And if they're really working hard, like why would you deny them that? You know? But then again, I also look back at like 
the other side of the argument. Like, there are so many people who struggle in their childhood who don't know what these kids know. So it's like, maybe it levels the playing field. I don't know. This whole conversation is just so fascinating to me. And like, the thing that I took away, because I actually listened to the podcast after I saw the article, I went back and I listened to Tom Brady and the way that he was speaking. My opinion is that this is a man who truly cares for his children and his wife. Um, it seems to me like this is a genuine concern for him. I just couldn't wrap my head around why people were trashing him just because he's loaded and telling his truth. You know, people, it's like, oh, poor little rich girl. Like when you have money or not even a lot of money, when you're just doing well, people don't even want to hear anything. Carolina, just the other day, I was in a conversation and people were talking about, I don't mean to get dark, but suicide and depression and, and you know, rich people killing themselves. And it was just like so insensitive. The the comments they was just like oh because you rich why would you kill yourself like you have everything in this world like mm. i don't feel bad for rich people that commit suicide i'm like yo what is wrong with you people like there is something deeper like it, it's not all about money but i feel yeah. like when it comes to yeah. wealthy people and people that are successful people tend to really not have a lot of sympathy towards you going through anything or having any type of struggle because mm. they feel like you have money so who cares if you go through anything but people gotta understand you're still a human you are so right, honey. I mean, you seriously, there are some times where I'm just like, you are so right in my head with me because that's it. The comments, the comments were really where it got nasty and dark. And I was just like, wow, you know, so it's like, I love a good conversation because like, look, I'm not anywhere both of us together with everybody else. I mean, we're nowhere near where this guy is on, on a level financially Never, and, and, and would never be, but I, I like that he was willing to give us that perspective from the inside of saying like, you know, my kids get to go to these incredible events. They get to meet people that other kids would never get to meet. Like these are like his homies. Like, you know what I mean? So even that, even the, those experiences where they're rich in, in just, getting to meet different people and getting to experience different places and go, you know, so that's where I really just took a step back. And I was like, well, damn, like the struggle is real. No matter who you are, we're all human. We're all people and we all have our own life experience. So anyway, you know, look, I, I just feel like no matter what parenting is hard, whether you have money or you don't, I think that there are so many situations that you face as a parent where you truly do not know. You're not given a book that tells you, oh, okay, so when your kid doesn't make the team, this is what you say to them. Or, you know, so I just think that conversations like this are so important for us to have, for us to gain that perspective and to be able to share it with other people. Um, so yeah, I will keep an eye out for Tom Brady and his kids, but I think they're going to be just fine. <laughs> you know, and if you're listening, you know, to this episode and, and you're like, a little bit lost i was watching this show on netflix carolina it's called snowflake mountain and they take like these <gasps> i saw it you saw it them kid adults or kid adults yo these, these were this is what we're talking about this is what you as a parent want to avoid i couldn't even believe these adults were like children honey i fell into the snowflake mountain hole i don't know how i, I watched one episode carolina and i was like i cannot stomach this i saw it through to the end and it was you did yes oh i told you i fell into the hole girl i had covid please i had nothing else to do but i had time on my hands <laughs> and i just kept that shit rolling so you're exactly right this is where 
there are kids that are in their 20s who are just raised getting everything that they want from their parents who are not incredibly wealthy, by the way. A lot of those kids, no, if you would have like middle class, yes, right? Yes, they were like middle class, but they're all Gucci this, Fendi that. And I'm like, they have better clothes than I do. I'm all about Target and H&M. Don't try me, you know, like, but these kids, Zara, Zara. Yes, that's my shit. So like these kids were taken into a situation where they had to actually learn survival skills. And is it going to take that to get this generation on track? I don't know. I don't know. But it's just it's it's food for thought. And it's something to think about. Um, Before we get too uh, deep into this, I did want to bring up, we got a letter at the salon and we need to help somebody out. Ooh, child, I love these. Mother's Day is coming and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I think that we both can give some really good advice on this. So it says, oh, go ahead. I said, I'm going to be nice. I don't know why. I feel like I've been kind of like too raw in the last few letters. I don't think, no, okay. no, All be right. you. Okay, That's exactly fine. what it is. When I listen back, I'm like, I am crazy. <laughs> I know I do too. And I'm like, I am a big marshmallow. Like I need to toughen up and you remind me that I need to toughen up. So uh, we got this letter. Go for it. We got this letter and it's from Kim and she says, dear Carolina and honey, I love listening to your podcast. I actually listen when I'm on my way to work because I don't want to miss anything that you guys are saying. So thank you for keeping me company. I wanted to write to the salon because I have a dilemma. My friend backed out of my wedding. My maid of honor you can call her Elise, backed out after I corrected her on a minor detail about my bachelorette party in a group text. I've asked several people since, and they've all said that they were shocked that she took it that far. She told me that I've never had respect for her and that I embarrassed Mm -hmm. her in a public setting, and I finally took it too far. It was over a potential dinner reservation. I feel like I don't even want her there on my big day now, but we share a 10-year history. Until now, we've never had a fight. I guess I'm just asking, should I contact her or should I just let this friendship go? This is just before my wedding, and I can't believe that she's putting this on me at the most stressful time of my life. So it makes me question whether or not she's ever been a real friend. Anything you guys can tell me to help me would really be appreciated. Thank you so much. Keep doing a great job. Love, Kim. Okay. So the friend backed out Hmm. because she corrected her about the bachelorette party in a group text. Okay. That happens sometimes, especially with brides. But there seems to be an underlying issue here, obviously. It's something you mentioned something about other things happening before. No, she said that she had never gotten in a fight with her before, but that she embarrassed her. The friend said, Elise said that she embarrassed her in a public setting and it finally took it too far. So I, and by the way, Kim, I'm obviously just going off of what you wrote to us. I feel like your friend has had some issues that have been festering that maybe she never brought up to you that now... I feel like it too. That was like the final straw because to me... Something as dumb as correcting someone on a text message, if you can't do that with your friends, then who can you do it with? Well, there's always two sides to every story. So we need Elise's letter too, so that we can compare notes because you never know. You know, I know brides can get a little bit crazy. Maybe, you know, that's what took Elise over the edge. Like, yo, you over here making me look like a clown in front of these all these people. Maybe it was 15 females in that text chat. And the same way you texted on that chat you could have hit her on the side so I don't feel like I'll go first I feel like I don't feel like you should let the friendship die out over a text and I I'm also a firm believer that texts can be misread Carolina I tell this to my sister Mm -hmm. all the time if somebody sends her a text well I don't know what you want to do oh well I don't know what you want to do Oh, well, I don't know what you want to do. Like, I always read her the text message in different tones of voices because I feel like texts can be read with different tones and it can be taken in different ways. So not over a text. I would say talk to your friend. Maybe your tone of voice can be different and you can say the same exact thing and she'll receive it 
in a totally different way. I want to hear what the other ladies on the text thread thought about it, because like if they didn't think that she was coming at her a certain type of way, then I think that this friend really does have some underlying issues, but also like the drama of it all. I feel for you, Kim, because like you're right. This is. Oh, yeah, because she pulled out. Yeah. My bad. My bad. She pulled out as, as, as the maid of honor. So there's something deep there. There's definitely something deep there. Because you don't just pull out as the maid of honor right before a wedding unless you're... Over a text. Yep. And over a correction. That That's where I feel like, especially if you're the maid of honor, then you know what you do? You put you, you send a side text and be like, girl, how are you going to talk to me like that in front of everybody? I'm sorry. Like, then you have the discussion, but you don't just back out of somebody's wedding, which you know. And that's where I feel like I've been there, Kim. I know how, like stressful it can be you're dealing with a lot of personalities right around your wedding you got to think about all kinds of people especially the bachelor and i will say this this is this is the reason why i did not have any um damas at my wedding i i said bridesmaids you didn't have any nope (laughs) i did not have any bridesmaids because you know what i said to my mom i have too many different phases of my life where I have different friends. I have friends from Arizona State. I have friends from LA. I have friends from Miami. All the different places that I've lived in my life. Number one, I don't know if they're all going to get along. Number two, I don't know if they're all in a headspace to be in a wedding right now because some of them were single. Some of them were pregnant. Some of them were just getting married themselves. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them the freedom to come to my wedding and really enjoy themselves. And like, my bachelorette, if whoever wanted to come of my friends, they were invited. There were no hard feelings, no obligations, no monetary. Like I, I, it just, there's so many other factors that go into it. So Carolina, before we move on, what about this factor, which is the reason why I didn't have any bridesmaids? Yo tengo 22 prima. You're going to have a whole How many procession. primas do you have, bro? Cause I, I have like 40 cousins. I'm not kidding you. It was not happening. Girl, I said, nah. Uh-uh. I have like 22 female cousins. So I picked my two sisters and my one niece. And that was it. Se acabó. Cerró la puerta. No friends, no primas, no sister-in-laws, nobody. Let's just make it nice and simple. I agree with you. And you know what? What I did was I did need my sister. My um, my older, older sister was totally fine with not being in the wedding. But I did ask my sister Elizabeth, and look, I needed somebody to like help with my train and, you know, do that. And then my husband has a half brother. So he asked him to be his best man. And that was it. Like, I did not want the whole dog and pony show because it's situations like this that I wanted to avoid. El gran, el gran drama, el gran drama de la procesión. You over there waiting in a bench till everybody walks in. The bride got her shoes off. Talk about se acabó esto ya. I know. Oh, and then people complain about who they were paired with. <laughs> I don't like that one. No I me pongan con el gordo. I know. Si, sí, el el gordito. He needs love too. <laughs> so, you know, Kim, I would just say, I know you're looking for a solution. I don't think we have enough information to go off of. What I do have, I would say, it's definitely worth a conversation. I don't know if it will end up with you having her in your wedding again. But I think that you owe it after 10 years of a friendship to each other to at least have a discussion or see if there's something else that might have been really upsetting her, that that was the trigger to really end the friendship. And when you say conversation, Carolina, I mean 
por teléfono o cara a cara. I am so sick of these text yes. apologies yes. and these text threads of people not understanding what the other one wants to say. Pick up the damn phone, coño. It doesn't cost you any money. It's not like you got those limited calls from the 90s. Pick up the phone, hear somebody's tone of voice, hear the sincerity in their apology, or hear the pain in their words. Let's, let's change shit around, man. Stop texting. Call. Set up a date. And you, the person that did something wrong, take initiative. Be like, I scheduled us a lunch date on me. Let's talk. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's worth a conversation face to face. I'd be too intense, right? No, no, I, I agree with you. I think that it's, this is a conversation that needs to happen. The thing is, is that people are too afraid. You know, it's like nobody wants to be uncomfortable, but you're in an uncomfortable situation. And if you want to make it better, you got to put yourself out there. So Kim, I hope, oh my gosh, I feel terrible because it's like right before your wedding, man, that's like something you don't even want. You, you don't want to deal with this, but this can be fixed. This can, this can be fixed, especially if she already has the dress. You know, them dresses ain't cheap. Girl, I've already bought the dress. Let's just talk this out. Let's fix our friendship. It's 10 years. A hundred percent. And we hope that we helped you just even a bit, Kim. And please let us know what happens. We wish you nothing but love and happiness as you get ready to start your marriage. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Seriously, honey, I'm not going to lie. We got lots of love over here. It's a love fest. It's a lot of love. And it comes from every single angle. I love our listeners, man. Like We really do. It's crazy because like people see me in person and they're like, oh my God, this episode, I was listening to that episode and I was listening <laughs> to this episode. Yeah, and it's crazy because like you guys genuinely want to get into conversation about different things that we spoke about and I love it and I welcome, you know, I was at the Balloon Festival out in Jersey a couple of weeks ago yeah. and I saw one of my followers and she, and we were close by and I was like, sit with us. Who cares? We're out in a public space and we mostly talked about the podcast. Isn't that so crazy? I out of all it. the things in the world, we we were watching like these humongous balloons go up. And she was like, so Carolina, I'm like, forget Carolina. Do you see this Tasmanian devil thing that's going <laughs> up right now? No, you know what? The, the, uh, the journey has been amazing. And you guys are the reason why we continue to do this. So thank you. Thank you for the love and for the support and for trusting us really for trusting us with your lives and your situations because we truly couldn't do it without you. So until next week, make sure you follow us. I'm at the real Carolina and you can follow also the show at LI Spanglish. Hit me up too. It's I am honey German and subscribe. I can't stress that enough because as soon as we drop an episode, boom, alert goes right to your phone. You don't have to go digging. Talk about yeta mujeres. Soltaron el episodio nuevo. No, you don't got to look for it. It'll come right to you. No. It will come right to you. And we love that you guys listen. Thank you so much for the love and support, guys. We'll be back next week. Adios, mi gente. Life in Spanglish is a production of Life in Spanglish Productions in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos 
para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 